You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're continuing our Kirsten Dunst month with Lars Van Trier's Melancholia. You no trouble. Me, fifth element. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Welcome to the podcast. We are your hosts. I am editor Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, Mr. Cinematographer, Jared Callen. How you doing, Brian? <laughs> oh my gosh, dude, please put the gun down, put the pills down. It's okay. Tell you, man. Yeah. We're all here for cinematographer. You. It's okay. You can it's, live. Uh, It'll be okay. Be Just feeling real down, bro. Just please live, Mr. Cinematographer. <laughs> very anxious. Very anxious to be here, Brian. We also have DP Mike Griggs. I'm just so excited to be here to talk about this very heartwarming, uplifting, exciting f- film. You got a haircut. I just noticed. I've been talking to you for a couple <laughs> minutes. I just realized you got a haircut. Man, looks good. Congratulations. It's only been 17 months. You, you were looking like a Chucky oh, doll. Hello. Just to be honest. <laughs> He's not but, wrong. <laughs> you're, you're real close, and that's not yeah, wrong. I mean, yeah, I uh, mean, but yeah, I think I think, I think think you nailed it, man. It looks good. Bearded Chucky. You. <laughs> Thank you for that vote of confidence, Jared. Yeah, man. Damn. For everyone man. in Radio Land. It's like a good man. <laughs> All right, anyway, sorry. Oh, my goodness. And we have costume designer Kristen Jones. Uh, hello. Hi, hi, hi. Here we are talking Melancholia. Lars Van Trier. First Lars, Lars Van Trier film. That I've ever seen. Yeah, probably. Same. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> wow, really? <laughs> that we've covered. Not that we... What? That we've ever seen? Oh, yeah, seen? no, I'm sorry. I thought we were jumping uh, into that. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I don't, yeah, no, this is first of his films for me. Yeah, I don't think I've seen any other ones. What's his big ones, Brian? I, I didn't even really do any research. Tell me about him. I thought this was one of his big ones. Uh, yeah, no, I, I guess definitely, it is. Definitely haven't seen it. Uh, well, I, I think Antichrist and uh, what's the other one? Uh, Nymphomaniac. Those are the big ones Ooh, right now. They, they sound fun. Oh, okay, <laughs> never mind. Also, Dogville. Dogville's also a good one. Oh, Dogville's great. Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Yes. Well, I know yeah. he's the he's the dog me guy, which 
I hate as a uh, as just as a as a concept. A dogma. But. Oh, you're talking about the dogma ninety five rules. Dogma. Dogma. Well, no, it's dogma, but in his in in the Danish tongue, it's dog me. So it's dog d o g m e ninety five. Come on, if we're gonna be pretentious, let's be really pretentious. Man, what were those fucking rules? Did you guys read some of those fucking rules? Yeah, you can't. You, if you direct something, you can't. You can't say that you directed it. Like I don't know who did that. <laughs> I haven't read them, but I have heard um, several of the uh, Team Deacons podcasts where. Some of the original Dogma people have talked about it, and it's like you can only use available light. Um, you can't use any camera stabilization. It all has to be essentially handheld. Um, those are the ones that really stuck out. I don't remember some of the other ones. But. Music and stuff. Music and sound has to be from the actual thing. You can't use, like, score. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's ridiculous. The sound must never be produced apart from the images or vice versa. What are the rules of Dogma 95? <laughs> what? Is... Shooting must be done on location. I know, right? Sound must never be produced apart from the images or vice versa. <laughs> Camera must be handheld. Any movement or immobility attainable in the, in the hand is permittable. That's ridiculous. <laughs> the film must be in color. <laughs> Optical work and filters are forbidden. <laughs> the film must not contain So this su- movie doesn't qualify action. for Dogma because there's not, so much like... Yeah, there's there's so it much. It cannot work. take yeah. place in the past or the future. It must take place now. Oh right, right. No flashbacks. <laughs> that was another thing they were pretty specific about. Yeah. It must not be a genre movie. <laughs> it must be shot in Academy thirty five millimeter, and the, the director must not be credited. <laughs> that's that's some that's some bullshit. Fuck all of you people. Every <laughs> one of you in that group. I I, I get under- it. I understand, like, like the desire to be like, all right, these are the conventions that have been established for a really long time. So let's, you know, as an artistic endeavor, try to do something that's totally different than anything has been done before. The level of, like, hardcore, no, you have to completely turn everything on its head. You have to reinvent the wheel for the sake of reinventing the wheel and not for the sake of being, like, extra creative. That's where it kind of loses me. And I think that's where it lost all of the people who did it. Like, where they were just like, all right, we've done three, four movies like this, and this is kind of fucking ridiculous. Can we just, can we use a fucking tripod, please? Uh, that was the impression I got from the three people that were on Team Deacons. Did about. they use a tripod, though, in this fucking movie? I mean, no. like, outside of those no. slow-mo shots. <laughs> Bro, a holy bad camera breaking the oh line misfocus Batman. So many, so Holy many times shit. they break the line. <laughs> this whole, like the first, my, my, I think my like my third note was this feels like a really long episode that's really well produced of The Office. Like that's what it feels like. Yeah, There's I kept waiting for people to stare at the camera. cameras and they're fucking zooming on everything. Yeah. And like, I'm just waiting for <laughs> Kirsten Dunst to turn and look at the camera she just and be turns like, the camera and goes, <laughs> planets, right? Uh. <laughs> Oh man, John Hurt actually—he uh, he looked at the camera uh, when he was—he was dancing with Kirsten Dunst. He uh, did, and it was like I was like, "What? What, is, what just happened? What was going on? What?" It's because he's he the doctor. At, yeah, he is. Yeah, that qualifies. I'll give—I'll give John Hurt that. What? Because of that one half episode that doesn't count. <laughs> he's still—he's still in the lineage as a doctor. He's—he's oh, the, he's the war doctor. Totally counts. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> just don't tell the first doctor that he's a doctor. Yeah, that's oh, right. Right. <laughs> well, it's the doctor in between, uh, you know, uh, Eccleson and whomever. Before. We're, we're we're hitting some niche tweets level right here. Yeah, like, this sorry. Is, yeah. You know, it's science fiction. It's still pertainable, right? Yeah, it's still on topic. Yeah. Does this count as science fiction? 
According to IMDb, yeah. it does. Yeah, I, this is considered science fiction. I mean, like the especially the last half of the movie. Like once you get away from the wedding stuff in the beginning, I I'm actually so thought it was yeah. a nice kind of like into the world movie where we're look we're we're just with people like that are yeah. in their rich their rich house, their mansion, and we're not seeing all the destruction from all over the world or how everybody's freaking out about it. it was people losing nice. their mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I actually went into this movie very cold. I didn't watch anything. So I, Same. I as it unfolded, I found out, you know, even though even yeah. though it shows you at the beginning, you know, uh, in all those like tableaus where it looks like paintings that are moving kind of cool. Yeah, um, that was that was looks pretty like cool. Most for of the like budget went half of the time. <laughs> the fact that it went on for like eight minutes, I was like, oh, my dear God. Like, well, how? it was the thesis statement, Griggs. We're going to tell you yeah, what we're going to yeah, see and no, talk about it. If it had then... been 45 <laughs> seconds, I would have been like really, really intrigued. The fact that every single one of those like still frame shots that were kind of moving went on for like 45 seconds each. I got bored really, really quick. The phone came out, which is a it's that's a frustrating thing for me i'm like i'm so bored that i'm gonna look at my phone just to like sit here and and have to watch this movie man i was totally intrigued by these images i was like on the edge of my seat because the the first thing i was thinking i was like okay well i know this is about these two planets they come together they smash everything's over so just watching the movie and it's it's, you're seeing christian kirsten dunce right she's sitting there i thought my dvd player had fucking frozen (laughs) <laughs> and it's like, wait, wait, is, is is something happening? Is there motion here? What what the fuck's going on? I went to go hit pause, and it's like, oh, okay, no, no, it's it's at eleven seconds. Play <laughs> five seconds later, and yep. then then you see the the birds falling down in the background, and every every image after that is just it's like, it, I don't know. I think I feel like you need that time to study everything and to take it all in because there are completely out of order, and like some of them are things that could happen. Some of them I are. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, I feel like it's incredibly captivating. As someone who normally watches movies with my phone in my hand, I actually put my phone down to watch this because I thought it was very, very cool the way it does kind of look like a painting, uh, but it's moving and you're just, it's so intriguing to see the lines and especially with the music going, uh, you just kind of want to know what's going to happen and kind of what's going on, especially if you come into this without knowing anything. That being said, I do think it could, they could cut off like a couple minutes of it, but um, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was amazing, the imagery and this whole movie, but especially the opening is incredible. Yeah, it definitely set the mood for the whole movie. And the shots themselves were quite fantastic. I especially loved the um, the three people standing in the the um, courtyard, I guess. So I don't know, the, out in the yard and you have the three moons. And I was like, well, this is a really interesting shot. Like that one's cold. That one's kind of warm. But it, they all just went on for so long. It just lost me. And I, you know, yeah. Yeah. You, you didn't like this point either, but I actually really liked this because part of the reason I don't like sci-fi movies is because everyone's like, mm, let's call the government. And like, I don't care. <laughs> and so like here you have a sci-fi movie where like they don't. And there's no like, like they have like a couple of scientists, but it's just like some asshole being like, no, I Googled it. And this is what scientists say. And you're just like, okay, that's nice. Like it, it's so much more realistic. And like, I can no, actually- No, 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 the real scientists <laughs> Yeah, the are real scientists. <laughs> she goes and Googles really for like two that. seconds and then finds the actually what's going to happen that was great though i love that man just get just give me the screenshot just give me the picture i got it we're good it's even got the little numbers on it this is its path this is where it's gonna go i thought that was brilliant man you don't have to like talk it all out yeah i mean they don't do that ever in this film 
No, they don't explain anything, which I both appreciated and kind of hated. I hated it because the first half of the movie, it's like, what the fuck is going on? Is this just like someone who's depressed for like the entire movie? If I had just watched the the opening eight minutes of prologue and then the the second part with um, what was her name? Claire. If that was the entire movie, if that was like, you know, a 70 minute movie, I would have probably loved this a ton. But the whole first part with Kirsten Dunst getting married and just being fucking depressed, I was like, dear God, what can can something just can something happen? Because I'm so bored. Well, I actually really liked it because you have this um, character in Justine, Kirsten Dunst, who is. Yeah, she is super depressed. And yes, again, some of it could have been trimmed. But I actually she's just like she's so unhappy. And if you have ever been depressed or if you've ever been around someone who's depressed, you're just like, oh, yeah, like like it, it just it's such a realistic thing for them to just like walk around like having like melancholy and they can't fucking do anything. And then what I actually really like about the first half of the movie is that when she gets clarity and she starts to speak her mind and she's like, I actually don't want to get married to this guy. He doesn't actually see me for who I am. I actually hate my job. I actually hate my boss. I hate all of this stuff. And she starts to speak her mind. Everyone's like, oh no, you're doing it. And like, you can see how everyone around her is like keeping her in this depressed state. And so like, yeah, she's like walking around like and can't do anything, but like everyone's kind of enabling her also. No, hold up. I, I totally disagree with that. That's not, her. I think her moment of clarity is when she finds out about the planet. That's her moment yeah, oh, of clar- okay. clarity. Sorry. It's not okay, before then. Yeah, okay. Maybe that's a, like a distinction that I should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her moment of clarity and when she really comes alive is yes, when she finds out about the planet. But she does have like moments um, when she tells people off and when she's like, I don't want to do this, like, fuck off. No, but that's like, just part of her, like, weird, like, lashing out on people. No, it's, it's like oh. her beating the horse, you know? It's like her going after her, her father. Yeah. And it's, yeah. like, she's not happy with anything. Like, and we see her, how much yeah. she loves Abraham. Like, when she's, like, first uh, coming up to that huge mansion with the 18-hole golf course. Uh, you know, it's like the first thing she wants to do is to go see the horse. And then, like, an hour later into the movie, we're watching her violently beat the shit out of the animal. Just It wouldn't go oh. over the bridge, Brian. I think, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I actually, I just. Claire didn't kick the golf cart. Golf cart didn't want to go over the bridge either, so it's I really loved how. Uh, Okay, obviously I don't condone beating horses, but I really enjoyed <laughs> with the way she does lash out at people. Like, it's not like, I, get, I think it's so easy to romanticize like depression and like mental illness and just be like, oh, they don't, no one understands them. And I kind of just did it a second ago, but like, it's so much deeper than that. And so, and yeah, like it is a, it is a problem and they show how it is an issue it's not just her walking through the halls in a wedding dress and it looks fucking gorgeous or her laying naked on the side of the what, whatever the what, whatever body of water that was. She's like, making love to a planet. Look, I appreciate that. <laughs> I don't have a problem with that. She can do that all She's day long. like, baby, come back. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm just saying like it's so easy to romanticize a lot of like mental illness or, or in that sort of capacity. And like you do lash out at your loved ones and you... I mean, hopefully you don't beat horses, but like you have the potential to hurt people and to hurt other things that you love. And so I love, I like how they showed that. Yeah. This was an interesting um, foray into depression that I have not uh, seen before. I've never experienced 
clinical depression or anything, you know, close to this level. And so I, I definitely couldn't relate to it, but like, I'm kind of torn because several of the reviews that I read on the IMDBs were like, Oh yeah, no, everybody's either loving it or hating it. And either you understand depression. And so you think this is a really super, like you're saying, super accurate depiction or you can't relate at all. And so you kind of think this movie's terrible. And I, found that to be an accurate assessment because I can't relate to it. And I'm just like, this is so boring. And can we just do something like it? And I, I honestly, I I'm confused. Um, is this movie good? <laughs> and it's just like really, really well done accurate portrayal of, of this melancholy that she's experiencing, or is it just so fucking slow that I didn't actually care about the fact that she was so obviously depressed. I actually, no, I was kind of wondering that too, because, so I've seen this movie before. I saw it about a year after it came out and I'm a big Lars Ventura fan. Um, and Kirsten Dunn's fan. I was like, I, 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 I can enjoy this movie, but at the same time, I actually had been watching movies sort of similar to this in that they're very, very slow. They take their time. There's not a ton of character development. They have one thing and they do it really well. Uh, the the framing in all of them is absolutely stunning. Like you can't argue that. And they all have this, like these huge swells of like very emotional music and they all win all these fucking awards. And I actually looked up Melancholia and it won a bunch of awards too. And so I was sitting here and I'm trying to decide like, is this a good movie or are they just good at manipulating the process <laughs> and getting <laughs> awards? And I mean, I, I can enjoy it, but I know a lot of people that don't enjoy it. Uh, I, I know more people that don't enjoy it than ones who do. So yeah, I was actually trying to sit there and figure that out too, especially with the music, because I've been watching a bunch of movies lately, Oscar winning movies with the same kind of music. And I actually hate this kind of music. I feel like it forces you to feel an emotion rather than letting an emotion happen naturally and playing into that. I feel like it's very manipulative especially when you just start like like at the opening of this movie and you have these like beautiful dramatic scenes and you're just intrigued by them whether you reject it or not you're intrigued by them but then you have mm -hmm. this music and mm -hmm. the music is like no but you have to feel this feel this right but that but feel that, this. that music's actually from like a, a romantic play i mean it's not like yeah. that's not sad depressing music i mean i didn't think it of, was sad depressing music yeah. i actually think the music no 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 i it's but i'm saying it's forcing you to feel something and i don't like that like if you if i'm gonna feel something it should be because it's happening in the story not because your music is telling me to, to feel something but right. no actually on yeah. that brian i actually think the music works really well i when i watch this i don't get like sad or depressed it doesn't put me in a funk and i think the music helps a lot with that because it is like kind of romantic like like sweeping like almost whimsical kind of music but heavy like it's heavy whimsical music well it's uh, like they're trying to juxtapose the yes this is what you're seeing on screen this is what the characters are clearly feeling but we're gonna have this really romantic and uplifting music that's very classic right this this is classical music you've probably heard it before it has the implications where if you know what it's from if you if you've heard it before you understand these are the things the music is supposed to be and we're going to put them both on the screen at the same time and make something new. Yeah, I mean, it's not new, though, because I've been watching a bunch of movies that are doing that. So it's not <laughs> it's not new. Um, it seems yeah, okay. to be like a recipe for winning awards. I don't like it. <laughs> well, so it feels formulaic? Yes. Thank you. Yes, mm. that's the word. I, I, I don't know. I, mu music is, is like literally put into films to 
inform you of tone and, and, and emotion. Like, I, I don't know. That, that, it's a little heavy-handed. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know. Fair. I like heavy-handed. Star agree. Wars and Indiana Jones and fucking uh, Superman yeah, are heavy-handed. I love I those like scores, and they... they uh, what? No. Every time I fucking hear that Indiana Jones theme, I'm like, yeah, you get up, go, Indy. <laughs> what? Fuck no. Yeah. yeah, that it pumps w- me up. It but works. But that's heavy-handed in a good way. It works. I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm saying I personally don't like it but it definitely works it's a it's a thing it's a it's a thing that he's also pulling from like 2001 and anytime you do that I, you know i i love you a little bit you know and, unless you're uh christopher nolan and you're making those goddamn robots that look like the monolith from 2001 <laughs> and that, that, that kind of irritates me for some reason i don't know why but every other time i like it yeah i mean yeah I, I, so to go back to your question is this a good movie or is this not I'm I'm inclined to say it's a good movie, uh, but I think it could definitely there are definitely things like the music that could be improved upon. Okay, because I'm I'm legitimately on the fence. Like, is this just is this a really good movie that it's just not my bag? It's not my cup of tea. It doesn't work for me. Or is this like not actually a good movie? It's just super um, contrived and trying too hard. And I'm just responding to the fact that I feel it trying too hard. Okay. I don't know that it's trying too hard because Lars von Trier wrote this when he was super, super depressed. He said this was like one of like, like he, like this is his most depressive state ever. This movie came out of that. Although I kind of feel like the Antichrist might be like worse. I don't, but that came later. So I don't know. (laughs) Um, But at the time when he wrote this, this was like, he was super depressed when he wrote this. It definitely comes through for No, sure. but that's well what I'm saying lines. is like, I don't know yeah. that it's contrived. Like, I think it's someone is like in the thick of it and, and is trying to convey what he's going through. And right. I think With, he did yeah. a great job. Yeah. I kept asking, I, I read that same thing, Kristen. I, I just kept wondering, like, why did he pick two sisters to portray that then? Like, if this, like, he's a dude, you know, and I, I don't know. I was just like, why are you using two, two women? And their story Wait. and their relationship to to show this, it 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 seems. Didn't very- he say? Isn't there? I read an article with him that said he he felt that like um, he could convey his emotions through women or something like that. I mean, maybe possible. I I don't even understand what that means, though. (laughs) I don't know. I don't either. That's why I don't exactly know how to respond. But I I read that he he likes using women to convey his emotional state or something like that. Yeah, Some, he, or like, something like, like that. Just like the dude from Matchbox 20. He does the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, what? <laughs> I, I can't speak to Matchbox 20 at all. But <laughs> I, I remember I, that I, incident. <laughs> <laughs> I can see how it might be interesting as, as a person who identifies as a man to try and, and write feminine characters to express a more... Um, sensitive side that that maybe is in general and in certain relational capacities social circles whatever um less acceptable right if if he's experiencing super deep emotion super heavy like depression and he's trying to understand how he's feeling and articulate what he's feeling and it comes out in a feminine character that's interesting to me actually um and i think that kind of puts this whole movie in a different light and maybe watching it through that lens might be an interesting perspective. But again, this is part of my struggle is just watching it for the first time with, with zero information, with zero director's bias going into it. I didn't feel any of that. And that's where I'm like, ah, maybe there's like, you had a lot of great intention, but does it actually come through? 
and the sisters thing he just he focused on the sisters because they're such a foil like when you have like the normal life like and claire is like trying to like make everything perfect and like just yeah. justine is just fucking depressed the whole time and then <laughs> you know when you realize the what is it the asteroid is it an asteroid or a planet whatever it's the a planet. thing oh, it's is a planet planet it's the, when the planet's coming planet. you know and then they kind of switch and you can kind of see uh justine like take control and claire unravels and and so that's why he chose the sister okay wait she doesn't take control she literally revels in the last 45 minutes of the movie yep. of the world yep. ending she well, literally what, what she she expresses that too oh, she's like she's i'm fucking so fucking line. glad this this world should not doesn't deserve the earth. Yeah. to live you don't yeah. need to grieve for it. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and and that was while there was still some debate as to whether or not the world would actually end. She was like, no, don't be sad. This world should end. And then it didn't. And Justine was a little bit relieved. And Kirsten Dunst was like, God damn it. I just wanted this whole fucking thing to end. Let's not forget she's terribly depressed. <laughs> I mean, she could be terribly depressed, but like by the end of the movie, I'm like, oh, okay, she's the villain. Okay, I got you. Well, yeah, she definitely becomes the antagonist. I can see that. Sure. Yeah, she definitely becomes the antagonist, which I think is kind of an amazing switch. I love the way her whole character evolved or devolved, if you will. Um, just the whole way it played out. She's still, I mean, she's still depressed. <laughs> <laughs> and again, if you've ever been around depressed people, they want to die and they don't care if everyone else dies with them. Like, this is kind of a thing. So when she said that, like, it's super harsh and you're just kind of like, whoa, girl. But like, also, that's the thing depressed people say. <laughs> the entire time I was just like, man, you know, if I was Claire, I would I would drop this girl off at a, a hospital and just be like, get better soon. Love you. Bye. You only have four days before it actually doesn't matter anymore. Peace out. Oh, my gosh. It's like, oh, sucking sucks all the feels, all the love gets evaporated from the room. Jared, what did you think about Kiefer Sutherland in this? I thought he was really good. <clears throat> he kind of like, uh, well, he, he comes off as a very strong character at the beginning uh, and then goes through, but then it, it's By kind strong, of... strong, do you mean asshole? You think he's a dick? Oh, 100%. He just wants to remind everyone of how much fucking money he has to spend in this movie that's the brother-in-law like right entire thing yeah okay yeah claire's husband okay but why do you think but he's to be fair he, he he did he did spend a lot of money he I, don't, did. I don't know and yeah. then he pulled out a fucking <laughs> wad of cash to pay for the cab okay i don't know that he did though because like, he was like i think you so need to know money. how much i paid and she was like okay how much and he was like a lot and it's like oh okay so that's <laughs> okay thanks yeah <laughs> you don't actually care you just want <laughs> people to think that you okay got it. he just wants to ch her to act you know indebted to him that's all yeah he probably didn't actually know <laughs> I, I just i just gave him a blank check i don't i don't know how much this costs it doesn't really matter i just like to talk about it <laughs> fucking udo kier was fucking cracking me up she ruined my wedding i will not look at her oh dude <laughs> <laughs> he walks across the floor and just hand in front of the face yeah it was pretty good Rainbow. the only comedy in the entire film <laughs> yeah. well no john hurt was pretty good too man he was like stealing oh, the, the spoons, spoons. yeah <laughs> excuse me waiter these two young <laughs> girls obviously don't have any spoons what were their names betty betty, betty. betty. Every, That's everyone's betty, betty. every yeah. year betty she's betty even his daughter's Betty. <laughs> I think, I think the, everyone's Betty. The hardest time I laughed was when he he, he asked for like a, a, another glass or something, and he's like, he's like, "Oh, Betty, do you?" And then the waiter comes by, and he's like, "Wait, is is your name Betty?" Uh, no, sir. No, it's not. I was just coming by to refill your glass. <laughs> he looks so disappointed. <laughs> he's just looking at her in shock, oh, like, "Wait, okay, what?" Never but, mind. 
But you came when I said Betty. Yeah, he was definitely a bright spot for sure. Yeah, it had it had some comedy in that first part. All right, so with that, we're going to take a break. We're going to play the trailer for Melancholia. We'll be back. Melancholia? Melancholia. Mm, say that five times too fast. Melancholic. Melancholia. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't <laughs> stop rolling. <laughs> Thank you for that. We're alone. Life is only on Earth. And not for long. Never seen you look so happy. Enjoy it while it lasts. I myself hate marriages. She ruined my wedding. I will not look at her. Is everybody in your family still craving mad? I thought you really wanted this, but I do. What star is that? Melancholy is just gonna pass right in front of us. And it's gonna be the most beautiful sight ever. It's gonna be a lot different. What did you expect? I'm afraid of that stupid planet. Dad said there's nothing to do. Then he's forgotten about the magic. That was a trailer for Lars Van Trier's Melancholia. What'd you guys think of that uh, that trailer there? Oh, oh, I feel <laughs> like this was the the rare occasion where the trailer is actually infinitely better than the movie. You didn't think it was felt a little melancholic? No, no, because the trailer utilized all the the slow portrait things, and they they inter they intercut them with the actual stuff that was happening. I only saw uh, two of the portrait things. Yeah, but like, okay, when when Kirsten Dunst is holding up her hands and the lightning is like attaching your hands, and then they had like this slow motion shot of the lightning hitting the telephone poles. Uh, that wasn't that wasn't a Those slow were, motion shot. That wasn't part of that sequence. That's when she's on that golf cart, and they right. tilt up. Yeah. No, so, but that's my point. Is is the the hands lightning shot was in the prologue, but the telephone poles with the lightning was in the movie. And had they cut to any of these things that, like, you had to remember and think, oh, this is what's happening right now, it could have been interesting. But, like, the trailer actually put them all together, and I was like, oh, this is really visually arresting, as opposed to me having to remember that this goes where it is, which maybe is the point of it. I don't know. It just didn't work for me. The trailer was cool, though. (laughs) (laughs) What is it that didn't work for you? You, you you keep saying that you, you dislike this movie and uh, like what, 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 I was what is so it? fucking bored the whole time. I was so bored. 
my phone does not come out unless I just don't give a shit and the phone came out for the entire movie and I don't feel like I missed anything. Man, see, even my first time watching, I didn't I didn't feel bored. I I I did get a little got I got a huge pretentious vibe from I mean, it the first time. Pretentious is the right word 100%. Absolutely. There's no other word. <laughs> I I don't think I 100% like uh, I cared for it on first viewing, but those all the visuals stuck with me and I really look forward to to rewatching the movie and Man, I thoroughly enjoyed it the second time. I, I struggled with it uh, uh, on my viewing. I didn't, only got a chance to see it once, but um, I struggled with it, like because of the filmmaking stuff, like you know, breaking the line and really bad focus pulls and the jump cuts. Like it, it was like it was only happening on on the sister and the brother in law uh, initially, but then later in the film it started jump cutting. But, like, you know, he just does these things where, you know, he's just basically either cutting two takes together, but the shots are the same, or he's just, like, pulling some frames and then just kind of jump cutting on top of things, which was kind of bugging me. But I, I, it makes you feel uneasy. And, and, and I think it, it has a very consistent tone, which, which we, you know, we always say tone, tone, tone. Well, this one has some fucking weird filmmaking shit, but it has a very strong tone. And it, 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 it makes you feel anxious. I don't know. Like Kristen said, she, she could watch this movie and drink lemonade. But uh, for some reason, I, uh, I, I don't know. It, it, it had me, uh, it had me on, on, on edge, especially at the end. And yeah. there's, another, there's another film we've talked about in passing. It was like, you know, finding a, finding a friend at the, at the end of the world or whatever. It's also oh, yeah. about... Yeah. The world ending. I had the same kind of feeling I had with that, man. Just like over, over just overwhelming anxiety uh, <laughs> while watching some of these scenes. I think it hits its mark, especially in, in tone and mood. All right, all right. I will agree with that. There is a mood that lasts for this entire film, and it starts in the prologue, and it it definitely is very consistent. Again, this is part of my question. is Is that mood and tone... Is this a good film that just didn't work for me? Or is this just a pretentious movie that doesn't quite work? Which I am 100% very okay with resigning myself to. No, it's just it's not my bag, and that's that's totally fine. It's a great movie that I just didn't care for. It, it's, it's, like watching a, it's like watching a Tarantino movie. There's going to be some douchebag shit, but overall it's a good movie, right? No, no, man. Tarantino <laughs> films are all entertaining. You can't level the boredom complaint at a Tarantino movie. I'm not saying boredom. I'm just talking about because this act, this 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 director obviously does this shit. You know, that's his thing. Is right? it because I haven't seen any of his other things? And so, well, that's neither a have I. But, but like, but from like looking up things and, and knowing that he was part of the the Dogma '95 thing, that's his thing. He's going to be weird and 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 do things like break the line or you know spend all his money on actors and shit and, and, you know, just worry about trying to get performance over trying to make the camera perfect or, or maybe he's or, just doing all that sloppy camera on. shit on purpose. Like he's like, fuck it. Dance around with the focus, you know, like, you know, uh, swing the camera around, you know, be, be super shaky. Yeah. He like, would actually, it, uh, usually choose like the first takes that, you know, uh, he, he when he was like editing. the type of director. Where he walks up behind the camera operator and trips into them on purpose, like, oh, <laughs> that was called the happy accident, you know, like, oh no, I fell over, oh, I, oh, fell, I fell over, over again. again. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he he did say he he really liked mistakes and that he was a little worried uh, when he got done with this movie that he almost he worried that it made it too polished, and uh, he was he was worried that it was uh, what was the other thing he kept saying it was too rehearsed. It, it was in his reel. He was a little worried about that. 
Um, but I think he's crazy. Internet I think Radio Land cannot see the size of my eyes on that statement that this movie was too polished. I'm just gonna I'm gonna state that for posterity. No, I okay. I think there's some moments, but like even the handheld stuff. I mean, yeah, it goes in and out of focus, but I'm, I'm, for whatever reason, that is obviously the look and aesthetic that he's going for. You can not like it, but I mean, this does look way better than the fucking office does. Oh, yes, because yeah. they had nice cameras and like eighty thousand really nice, dollar lenses, really nice lenses. Yeah. And, but if know. they shot the office with these cameras and these lenses, it would look like this. I, I don't mm. think so. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so either. Um, you know, it, it has a lot to do with lighting, even though there wasn't. So there's sometimes in this they weren't really doing much lighting. Uh, like you know when well, she comes okay, outside okay, that, because the, the castle, the sets and, had like good lighting, like kind of built into it. Like there's yes, you're right. The lighting is really nice in this, most but it also time. feels but sometimes it, it's really it feels gross. very natural. Yeah, for most of it. Like when they go out to they go out like after they go out onto the golf course to have like refreshments on the golf course. Uh, oh, all that yeah, yeah. all that light is so gross. Uh, that, that's just disgusting. Um, you talk about when she starts throwing the plates or whatever that that scene where she says "fuck you" to her boss. Well, no, way before that. It's when it's when they light the uh, light the balloons and they put they send them. Oh up. yeah, it's okay. the, all the shit before that. It just just looks like she's dude. looking in the um, the telescope. She looks in the telescope and you're like, is she looking at the star? And then they cut to the shot of the uh, balloons going up. And you can see, you know, she's trying to, yeah, look at the balloons going. Yeah. Well, I, I like that. It was kind of, you know, it's nice little foreshadowing. The balloon, you know, the, she's the one balloon she's watching. It's the one, you know, it's on fire. The world's gonna burn. Uh. I don't know. I I was like really expecting her to like look into the telescope to see the actual star that she mentioned at the beginning of the movie, which up to this point had no explanation other than it was just a star. I mean, the prologue has the implication of something is going to happen, but there's I'm having not seen the trailer before watching into it because I like to go into it cold, which didn't work for this movie. I was like, okay, show this like star planet thing being closer. And then they cut to the balloon and I was like, well, what the fuck is is she watching the balloon in the telescope? Come on. That didn't that didn't work for me at all. Yeah, she wouldn't be looking at the star yet. I mean, she just noticed it Uh, because I don't think that anybody knows about the planet. Her hurling toward Earth at that po- point in time, um, yet because nobody mentions it once at the wedding, like the right. whole the whole first chapter, nobody talks about it, and then it's it's when they're going horseback riding right at the end of Justine because this movie's broken up as chapter one is Justine, chapter two is Claire, and at right. the very end of Justine's chapter, that's when she noticed that the the star is no longer there; it's gone, and then there's some time that jumps. We go to chapter two and. Uh, uh, Justine's being but picked up. There's in no a mention taxi. of how long the time is, though. Like, is this a couple weeks? Is this a few months? Uh, like, I have no, no idea. Mention. That's what I'm saying. I mean, does, is that relevant, though? I, I would like no. to know because the next time you see Justine, she is like, she cannot fucking function. She can't get into a right. goddamn bath. It made me yeah, it, I know. so much. I it made me that. think that it may have but been a, like oh, go ahead. A beforehand. Like like it was a flashback. It had me feel like that. Like was this before? Was this what led up to her being weird at the wedding? Like you know all that. It had me con- like asking that question. See, it made me ask like, is she crazy? Is this all like imagined in her head? <laughs> is the world so ending actually, in her depressed that state? Was when I when I first saw this a few years ago, and I 
Googled like what was happening because I had no idea what was going on. Um, that was the prevailing theory was that, yes, the first chapter, Justine had a like it was more than just depression. She had a mental illness and she was hallucinating all of this. Um, and I actually kind of really like that theory. I don't, it doesn't have to be that way. I don't think there's been any confirmation from the filmmakers. Well, no, the, they say it in the movie later. That it's all, that her wedding was like a hallucination and all of that. It's, she's delusional. No, no, all that stuff. I, I, okay. I, I thought you were talking about her premonitions when you were talking about those flashes and stuff. No, no, no. Yeah. So there was a, a on, on the, I think it was like a Reddit theory that, Justine was completely delusional and the nothing in the wedding, like nothing in the first section actually happened hmm. that it was all in her head and that Claire's perspective oh. was the accurate perspective. Yeah. So like the first time that when we go to chapter two, like that's reality. and every- That's reality. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, <laughs> if that's her like, I don't think dream. it holds. I watched, yeah, that's I watched it again this time to see um, I don't know that it was her dream, just that she's, I mean, I don't think delusional people live, I don't know, can they choose their delusions? I don't know. Um, I watched it again, though, and I, I don't, I, I don't know that that really holds. But yes, that was a very, that was a very prevailing theory uh, a couple of years ago. Okay, so delusional people living in certain levels of delusion is notwithstanding. I, I'm going to keep asking the question, I'm just going to beat this dead horse, but like, like Justine beat her horse. Um, <laughs> at what point does it become Puns. like just poor writing where you're like, if, if there's all of these Reddit theories of like, this is the way this movie is actually no, really no, good on, because on. it's no. all in your head. Greg, see, that's like sci-fi and Reddit. I mean, that, that happens with Star Trek. That happens with Star Wars. And Star Wars isn't even that goddamn complicated. Motherfuckers are like, oh, we'll see. It's a theory with this and this and this. Yeah, they do that with everything. Okay, like you, right, you could, they right, probably have like the, uh, like the office theories. Like, and that's pretty. That's fair, but at the same time, like, if you're writing a movie, and there are these levels of, oh, this is what I think the entire movie is about, versus like, like how at, at what point do you say, well, it just it was a plot hole versus it wasn't well written versus we wanted to be mysterious. Like where, where is that? Where's the distinction? And yes, that's a subjective question. I understand that. Do you think this movie, all right, I'll, I'll phrase it this way. Do you think this movie explains enough that these sorts of theories are valid and merited? Or do you think that they maybe should have, um, spent a little bit more time actually, articulating some of these thoughts and they just didn't get that far because they decided through dogma or something else that that it wasn't necessary for the way they wanted this movie to be thus my question of is this a good movie that i just don't like or is this actually doesn't work i think you've already answered that for yourself griggs yeah i think you have i'm not sure where why you're no, confused, yeah, uh, but griggs, the writing's i'll fine. answer your yeah, the writing's totally fine. I don't think there's any fun. Yeah, yeah there's there, 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 there no plot holes, okay. the characters, okay. yeah. the themes, like all of this stuff makes sense, dude. So you think it is it, it was it was well articulated and well expressed and it just didn't work for me. All right. I received that. All right, well, Chris, okay, I thought, hold on. yeah, here we go. Wait, let me let me ask you. Let me ask <laughs> you a question. You, all right, all right, I'm here why, for it. I'm here for it. Why do you continue to ask us if you liked this movie when you clearly did not? I'm not enjoy asking this movie. you if I like this movie. I'm saying, do you think this is a good movie, or do you think this was just a terrible movie and that's 
No, you're asking about you because we've all expressed different things that we like about it. <laughs> uh, well, there's lots of things about this movie that I like, but there's also a lot, Wait, what? A lot more things. Wait, what? What did you things. like? Tell me what you liked. I like several of the frames of the prologue. I just wish it was <laughs> half the length. Um, I I enjoyed a couple of the characters that were at the the wedding. I just didn't understand the entire first half of the movie. If you could have cut the whole first half of the movie, and I would have enjoyed it tremendously. Or you could have cut that first bit from from what was it fifty fifty five minutes down to like twenty or twenty five minutes, and it totally would have worked for me. I don't know. I was just so fucking bored, guys. I just don't. I, yeah. Right. <laughs> it's okay that got. you didn't That's like the movie. You don't have to keep asking us to justify it if you don't like the movie. Mike said, I, it's I, okay I, I fell asleep five like times it. watching uh, it. I was like, am I 50? Is, is, did it happen <laughs> and I slept through it? Did this movie throw me in some kind of time loop? I don't know what happened. I'm just not used to watching movies that I don't like or, and or are terrible and questioning. That's That's what I'm. No, I think it's good that you're yeah. challenging your perspective. That's what um, I'm trying to do. That's all I'm trying to do. Did you watch it twice or you just watch it the one time? I watched it over two days. I stopped it after the Justine movie because I was just so fucking bored. There's your problem right there. So fucking bored all that right. I was like, I'm falling asleep watching it. I have to turn it off because I cannot finish it. Man, Also, I, it's been on a long ass week. So, I, I, I bet you if you, if you watch it again, you'd, you'd like it a little bit more. This is one that I'm inclined to agree with that. Yeah, there, there were a lot of things I appreciated uh, the, the second viewing. Just uh, like I, I also too the the images because you, you spent eight minutes in those beginning prologue images, and I just kept waiting for all of those things to happen later in the movie. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. None of them did exactly like they did in the prologue. Some things happened, like the little boy, you know, like uh, cutting the the branches down to make the magic cave and all that stuff. There are some things that happened. But they never happen the exact same, and it's just like, oh, you know, I, it's not until my second viewing that I was like, oh, oh, these are those premonitions that, uh, you know, because apparently Kirsten Dunst with her depression can also, like, you know, Holy know things shit. about the All future right. and the world. That's why she <laughs> yeah. goes out there and bathes in, like, uh, melancholia. I didn't actually like, connect that that could be the premonitions that she was fucking talking about, so I thank was gonna you, say, Brian. Yeah. You know how they, in Dogville, they broke it up by chapters. I mean, how do you think this movie could have played if instead of breaking it up by chapter two chapters one for each sister if they broke it up by her premonitions yeah i feel like that would have been a far more interesting way to jump around again that's that's why the trailer worked for me so well like because the, the trailer kind of did that where you're seeing something ha- some things happen you're seeing some of those premonitions you're seeing some of the the alternate viewpoints and it was think, just Brian? so much more dynamic maybe i mean <sighs> maybe not I like I hear what you're you guys are saying. Yes, that would definitely make the movie flow better, but it also like destroys. I mean, it might not work. Well, it, it destroys the whole like the story, the structure of the of the sisters. Like, yeah, I don't know. It would be such a vastly different movie. Like, how could you make Kirsten yeah. Dunst's character so evil, or like have have her lash out like she does with her mental illness? You know, uh, where she's she's I don't know. She's just such a bitch sometimes in this movie. That God, damn, I know she has mental illness, and it's just like that. That's one of the things that, like, I don't know. I, you feel so because at the beginning of the movie, when you when you meet Claire, Claire's kind of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Like Kirsten yeah. Dunst is just not smiling one time, and Claire's got to go pull her aside and look like Justine. Let's not have an incident. And like, goddamn girl, chill the fuck out. What are you talking about? But by the time you get to her chapter, you're like, oh my god, no, I totally understand. Oh. 
<laughs> this is how long have you been doing this? Also, side note, can we talk real quick about how the fuck did this guy ever even get engaged to her? Like, was he there for like yeah. two seconds and like met her like four months ago, tops? I mean, she literally says to him, What do you expect? Yeah, which, I, what does that mean? Does that mean. <laughs> That she's been doing this crazy shit in front of him the whole time. Yeah, like like this has this has happened. You've seen it. Like I get they were trying to make him an idiot with his like speech, <laughs> where he's like, "I don't." Give hey speeches. man, I don't do good in front of crowds like that either. So I don't know. Well, there's this <laughs> thing that happens with like not intelligent men. Okay, and... here we go. Thanks, Christy. No, no. <laughs> Way to okay. go, Jared. You need to Golly. work on your speech making ability. Apparently, I do. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> No, no. Uh, I'm trying to remember what line. There's like a line in the movie. I can't remember. But there's, so so um, there's this thing where like I'm sure women do it too. I just don't date women, so you guys can tell me that like there are women that do this too. Um, <laughs> Shit. <laughs> there's this thing that dudes do where they're like, "Oh my god, you're so." Oh, that's what he says in the movie. He's like, "I never thought that I would marry someone as beautiful yeah. as you." Yeah. And it, there's nothing like, at all yeah, to do with bad, her. Bad and so move, there's this bro. thing that that yeah. guys do where they're like, "Oh my god, you're so beautiful. You are my dream girl," and they don't know you at all. And then as you reveal your personality, like you're destroying their dream and they like fight yeah. you yeah, for you it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and so like, I, I'm assuming that's what happened here. And she was just kind of along for the ride. I think that's crazy that you associate that behavior with guys when usually like the little girls that go crazy over the Beatles, that's like literally what they're fucking known for. You know? They- yeah. You have fanboys too. Fanboys are a thing. Yeah. Fangirls and fanboys are both a thing. I'm just saying I like, don't, look, I don't hang out with people that like, I, I, I remember so. Brad Pitt okay, in the lockers also, when I was going to high school. On. Those are like you're talking New about kids like on the 13 block. year olds. You're talking about 13 year olds. I'm talking about grown ass people who get married. Okay, there's a difference. Yes, that there is a human capacity on I, that doesn't make any sense any level of the adult. spectrum. That no, it doesn't make sense as an adult. But there are a lot of people that have um, it, gotten older in age, but not matured in their emotional capacity. Yeah. And so that's what I assumed was happening here was that like he knew that's what was going on, but he was just like, no, 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 you're not like that because I have decided that this is your personality because this is what you look like. And this is you are my dream girl and I'm going to marry that girl. So you need to stop doing that like because that's not you. Yeah. You, my projection of you, not you, the actual right. person. Yeah, exactly. That's what I assumed was happening. I don't know, Mike, this is probably a plot hole. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not a plot hole. These these are interesting things that are worth thinking about, and and that's what I appreciate about conversations after a movie like this. <laughs> like I, I'm I I don't necessarily love the movie, but I love these kinds of conversations, and I appreciate movies like this because they can inspire and incite thoughts like this. So, you know, I like conversations like this. And that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's not a plot hole. It it I did start thinking about it in that like. Uh... And that scene where he gives her the the pic- picture with the apple orchards, and he's like, "Oh, look, I bought us a, a, a you know a place, and you can be happy here." And you know, in ten in years, ten years. <laughs> in ten years, you'll in be happy. Ten years, don't right, worry. When this finally grows in, maybe you will grow to meet this. We'll all be dead. Bro, They're going to be together it. forever, Jared. Okay, what's ten years next to forever? Gosh, forever. <laughs> I don't know what forever means. It lasted a couple hours. Um, (laughs) Or he thought it was just like totally not as big of a deal as maybe it actually was. 
That's yeah. just how she is. He's like, you know what? You know what will fix this? You marrying me. Or he also was just like, maybe I can look past it because you're just like really pretty. <laughs> well, that that wasn't only him. That was literally everybody that said anything. They were like, well, let me tell you, Justine, you are gorgeous tonight. You're glowing. Like her dad, that's the only thing he could even say to her. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I guess her boss was like, look, I need you to also work on your wedding. You're gorgeous and everything, but can you work for me? Can you fuck this random weird dude? This dude? <laughs> no, that wasn't him. That was all her. Yeah, that he was just, her, he, I think. He just brought the random weird intern guy because he was like, his entire job is to get you to do your job that you haven't done for weeks. So we're going to give you extra pressure on your wedding night, which was a total douche move that I did not see coming. That was actually a pretty great move. Great moment. I thought it was a, a total douche move too. And then when you get to the second part, it's like, oh wait, how long was he waiting on some like taglines from her? Was he waiting yeah. like months? Because like she just had like an, a huge episode and she just shut down and, and it's like, oh, okay. there's a good chance of that for sure. Yeah, I don't know. So I, yeah, I I have, I definitely go back and like once you get to that second chapter, I, I go. It does make me want to go back and and think about everybody and their motivations it's like ah, okay maybe i shouldn't judge everybody so harshly in this or in life brian whoa life Kristen. Here. yeah, oh. yeah. Oh, let's damn. extrapolate oh, this damn. okay it just blew my mind girl stop it <laughs> people are humans what whatever well people are people <laughs> i mean that was a pretty classic stellan skarsgård um character I, I definitely appreciated it. He he does a lot of of relatively complicated uh, characters like this, where you're like, "Oh, I think you're this," and then seven episodes in, you're like, "Oh, never mind, you're totally that." Okay, cool. That's not true. Three episodes. <laughs> you got to give anything three episodes, really, just to just to be able to turn it off. <laughs> Fuck this show yeah. I, I didn't say three hours I said episodes just to bring Brian's points back around Where he doesn't like TV <laughs> Three episodes would uh, probably equal This film See, look, look Grigsy you, you hung in here for the whole movie <laughs> Good job So what you're saying is I needed the fourth episode of this movie In order for it to make sense Oh Oh, wait. Oh, I kind of walked into that, didn't I? Fuck. Did not think this through at all. Uh, (laughs) We brought up Tim. Uh, Did Tim get... Did he get raped on the golf course? Oh. Oh. That's some real talk right there. He retroactively qualified it as as being mutual. So uh, maybe he was just working it out in his head later. Look, man, all I'm saying is, and all right, I don't know if you guys have seen Skyfall. Have you guys seen Skyfall, the James Bond movie? No. All right, okay. There's a girl taking a shower, and she talks about how she was, like, sexually abused and all this stuff. (laughs) She may be traumatized for that, and she's taking a shower on this yacht, and then James Bond walks into the shower while she's taking a shower, nude, and uh, just starts kissing her, and they have sex, and a lot of people are like, I don't know, is that rape? And... That's the entire thing I was that's – that's the only thing I was thinking about when I saw the scene. I was like, hmm, well, you know what? James Bond doesn't, like, clo- put his hand over the, the girl's mouth while he's having sex with her. 
that was your question. My first question was like, damn, how do you get how do you get erect so quickly? I never get that. Kirsten Dunn sat on him. <laughs> just instantly. He's like, ah, <laughs> it's happening. Jared, he was a very young man, okay? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think that has anything to do with it. I'm just, you know. Oh, it has something to do with it, bro. It has a lot to do with it. <laughs> Let me tell you about the wind <laughs> when I was a teenager. <laughs> Can you give your report on these rocks? Uh, no, uh, not right now. Uh, the wind from the door blew this way. I need to sit here for a minute. Can you uh, stand and walk to the front of the class? No. Possibly in about five minutes. <laughs> oh. Well, it does. I mean, it does seem he was resisting a bit. And, and the first time I watched it, and I wasn't watching it that closely. I did not pick up on it being a rape, but I mean, She's I can definitely. His face. Okay, so I guess I, as I mentioned <laughs> at the beginning of this, I usually watch movies with my phone in my hand. So. Oh, you were Griggs in it. <laughs> it's definitely a phone in hand kind of movie. Um, I'm gonna affirm your decision there, Chris. No, I do this for all everything, all of them, everything. Oh um, no! Who the fuck are you talking to? Actually, I should. Don't, don't, I should. Just don't even I should, tell us that. Let me. Let me. Um, it's. I can make it slightly better, maybe worse. I don't know. It's usually I actually like to do like cross stitching or knitting when I watch movies or television shows and that's why i prefer television shows is because there's so many of them whereas if like once the movie's over then i have to go back and figure out something else to watch it's like listening to an album you gotta flip it you know yeah <laughs> like fuck really uh, okay as a as a person who grew up with a mom who did the exact same thing it was always some level of crochet or knitting while anything visual was happening it's like you're gonna love your birthday like, present grigsy <laughs> I I can attest to the fact that there are there's plenty of of dialogue and you glance up and you see okay this is the frame and then you hear the dialogue and you glance up and see now the the camera has changed and there's plenty of, of movies and a shit ton of TV shows that are perfectly watchable like this and this movie felt like one of them honestly honestly I don't think so this is a movie that's heavy on the visuals I tried very hard to put my phone down there are some movies um, Hitchcock movies are like this too there are some movies that like there's when there's not as much dialogue you really have to pay attention or else you'll miss the movie and it will feel like the movie sucks because you're not watching it basically it's one that you have to be engaged in we just watched another one more recently than the Hitchcock series that was like that, where I actually had to like put my headphones in to like really kind of draw myself into it um, and really pay attention because when there's just not that much dialogue going on, and this is one of those, you can miss this, all of the subtle nuances so quickly and so easily. And then you're not engaged in the movie. And then you're just like, why did I sit here and waste my time? And you did because you weren't watching it. It's some movies, like you really have to pay attention. Um, and, and you can't sit and knit or cross stitch, unfortunately. There goes Jared's weekend plans. Yeah. yeah. I was going to, uh, you know, listen to movies all weekend. I actually like to watch the movies, uh, the second time with the subtitles on just cause I, sometimes you miss a lot of lines and I don't know. I also like yeah. I, sometimes I find the subtitles funny. Like when Kirsten I, sex was uh, when Kirsten Dunst was having sex with a guy on, on the golf course. It was like, oh, Tim grunts. And then she puts uh, her, her hand right over his mouth. And then Tim, Tim grunts muffled. <laughs> nice little details like but that. I just appreciate. Yeah. No, it's, you know, you, 
have to know what you like, right? I guess maybe the reason that I didn't associate it with rape at fr- the first time I saw it was because I was just like, oh, they're kinky, but like, and I didn't associate it because they're in the middle of a golf course. It's not like he has to be quiet and she drugged him down a hallway and like, or where, you know, like they're like wide out in the open. And so like the fact that she's muffling him is ridiculous because there's no one around and anyone, everyone can see them. Anyone who's looking can see them. Yeah, I, I kind of wouldn't. Look, I'm not saying it's not. Dudes get assaulted and raped all the time. Like, no, that's, I'm not do, trying to. Do you I'm think just... her husband saw it? Or, no. 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 Do you think he saw something, though? Because I think he might. Have, I think someone saw it. They I mean, left it very vague. I they did, but I kind of assumed that he did or he heard about it. I think his his emotions of, of being shunned. Uh, on the wedding night like while all the things were happening like that was enough for him to be like yeah fuck this like she's done so i guess i just don't care anymore okay but i mean i kind of feel like this is her personality everyone kind of knows it because everyone's being like yo don't, don't do this um and so the fact that she just like isn't there isn't a huge deal for him uh which is why i like what would be a huge deal for him her having sex with somebody else do you know what i mean that's why I assumed that okay, that's fair. he would. He did. He either saw it or knew about it. Yeah, because he did. The next the next scene was him leaving with his parents in their car or whatever. Or the scene after because the ag- next scene. Again, they're like anybody could just turn and look. She's not hiding it. Yeah, because they were all on the golf course having the, the tacos or whatever that like food truck thing was at the end before they went inside. So, yeah. Okay, all right. All right. That tracks. Okay. I did think it w- was weird, too, that they... The husband's best man was <laughs> Justine's boss. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know how many friends, bro? Right? That's what I kept thinking, too, Griggs. I was like, what is going on? Yeah, like, you, no brothers, no, like, cousins or second cousins, or uncle. A dude you went to Hell, college with? Your, anything? Your, high school? Your dad? Yeah, right. Like, seriously, like, yeah. I didn't think that was weird. Or, I don't know, I guess they were trying to maybe... Show how yeah, shallow in, his character Very was. indicative of his, yeah, indicative of his character for sure. Yeah. Shallow is a good word. Um, can we talk about how in the Claire section with the moonlight, when they're out in front of the house and you have the two moons, you have the regular moon on the one side of the frame and yeah, the, the, the melancholia yeah. blue moon. It The left side of the frame was like normal moon color and the right side of the frame was like super blue moon. And there was just this like, perfect divide down the middle yeah it was amazing it was it was amazing for like the first like 20 seconds and then the rest of this of the time that the shot was up for the 45 or 50 seconds whatever it was i was like that's not how light works what the hell it's how light works like, in movies he, though griggs yeah but that was what bothered me about it okay. was like it was up long enough for me to be like okay if you, you would cut it in like, half, go I to been like, art museums really cool. and like look at art because I feel like that's really what's happening in this movie. Yeah, it was a really, really interesting, like, still frame. But if you're going to have two different light sources that are two different colors, there's not going to be, like, an eight-foot-long, like, divide in the exact center of the frame. You're going to have different colors on either side of the frame, and yeah, but that was not present. You're technically correct. It doesn't have to be perfect, though. You're technically correct. That's fine. But that's not what's happening, like, in the scene. It's, I'm sorry to be this person, but it's, like, it's, like, art. 
dude. Yeah, they were they, they just put those light. Those were uh, it was an HMI, and then there was a as a jailed HMI, and they just stuck them up on what, what are those giant fucking cranes called? Condors. Condors. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, they had two different lights on two different condors yeah. on either and they side of the frame. Digitally replaced them. Yeah, exactly. And had it been up for like like a half the time, I, it wouldn't have been long enough for me to be like, what? Wait, what? What? Yeah, it would have been, and it was Suspended really great. Disbelief, though, because I thought it was pretty. It yeah, was dude, pretty. And, and you get the it, different it shadows from like the different light sources. I thought that was and cool. Then, and then when they showed their eyes, you could see the two catch lights. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Come on, man, that didn't do it for you. It just went. It went on too long. It it, it went on so long that I started thinking about it, and then it just. Greg's never watched two thousand one: A Space Odyssey. I swear to God, Bro, I, I would watched murder it, you. And it's. Uh, you should yeah. murder me because yeah, we're not going to talk about that. Oh my god! See, that's one of my favorite movies ever. Well, you know when we go through all the Kubrick movies, assessment uh, after every fifty films, and we it. go through all, we have to do them again because that's called the retrospective. <laughs> and you'll you'll get to get on that one in about hundred in about hundred years. Yeah. <laughs> How do we really think about it now? Now that we've experienced experienced all of this in between. All right, you've watched it a million times, and now it's been ten years. Oh, you've watched so much watched. around it, so you can appreciate it more. <laughs> it's like this scene with the two moonlights. It's gone on for so long two that you started moons. to think about it. No, I mean, there's just I, I don't know. There's a lot of things, even like in the script, that are callbacks that are that are nice. Like, uh, what, what is the tagline? Like nothing. And then she's like, no, you know, nothing is too much for you. And then when Claire's trying to go to the village, uh, you know, she's asking Claire, like, where are you going? And Claire's like, oh, to the village. And she's like, this has nothing to do with the village. And it's like, oh, boom. Like, it's a circle. Everything's a callback. It, it all works. We got <laughs> chapter one and chapter two. This is no, man. This, dude, this is good writing. There's a reason that the whole movie, right, except for the shot like shit. Yeah. Well, no, it's it's shot handheld <laughs> except for those uh, premonition moments, right? And those those are very I think they're purposefully like still static frames. It, it, the these are callback moments. I don't know. I I I just think all of it works very well. Give it a second watch, Griggsy. Give it a second watch. Maybe take all some right. Uh, All right. All right. Maybe take some high level some no dos or something before I watch it. You know, I don't you know. Say some high level weed. That is what I said. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because, I support because this. that is both my experience with weed and the. I wouldn't want to you do can, that. You I... can instantly understand a Lars von Trier film. You're like, <gasps> my I get it now. Blown. Wait, no. I, 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 we all get this movie, right? Like nobody didn't get it, right? For the Radio Land, that is my hand raised. I don't know. Like, what, what's to get? Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's anything not to That's get. That's my point. That's my fucking point. What is to it, get in it, this movie? It made me uncomfortable. It did its job. What it is, uh, Griggs, it's real easy. Feels, you're seeing somebody uh, with depression you know. that going through depression, and you're seeing somebody that is their caretaker. Right, and we get to experience both sides of that coin, and we also get to see the caretaker also fall apart. Right when the world is ending. So her sister, they get that they get to have a juxtaposition in their characters, just like we were talking juxtaposition, a juxtaposition with the music. That's the same thing that they're doing in the screenplay, chapter one, chapter two. That's why it's broken up this way. I no, it's it's nothing to get, nothing. I don't understand. All right, I'm convinced. I need to watch it again. It, it is boring, I, you know, like, but it's beautifully boring, and I'm, that that makes it okay. I think, right? No, yes, I think so. No, it is beautiful. It's beautifully uh, yeah. boring. I, I do agree. It is. It is a beautiful movie. It's just so fucking. 
I do need to watch it again. You'll get there yep. one day, Griggs. You'll understand films. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I don't know, Jared. I'm starting to question it right now. Questioning <laughs> it. I don't know. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Are we at ratings I'll here? watch it again. Yes, we're at ratings. Who wants Fucking to go first? Trip. Not it. Anyone? Anyone? All right, fuck it. I'll go first. Uh, I'm going to give this a 6.5. Um, After all that shit talking? <laughs> 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 Holy shit. Um, maybe if I watch this a third time, I might be like, yeah, no, it's like an 8. Man, like there's a lot of, of, of there's some interesting visuals. There's a lot of bullshit in the interesting visuals. There's a lot of... Um, uh, Man, it just feels contrived. Like you're just trying so hard and you're you're trying to turn some things around on their head like that just don't need to be turned around and you're trying to reinvent the wheel for the sake of reinventing it. It didn't work for me. It didn't work for me. I, I feel like there's a lot of really great things about this movie and it just didn't land and that's fair. I'm inclined to push it up to a seven based on, on pure um, movie making prowess because Lars von Trio has made like 30 plus films. Um, so he's got to be doing something right to make people keep giving him money to make more movies. Um, this one just doesn't work for me. Uh, Kirsten Dunst is really, really, really fucking good in this. Um, I'm never not convinced by her character. I just don't ever care about her character, which is a problem for me. Um, there are some visuals in this that are that are really just absolutely captivating. I think most of those captivating visuals go on for about 40% too long on almost every single one of them. Um, so I would love to see half of this movie, and I think I would really love it. I, I, I think I'm, I'm going to end on, I need to watch it again. It's a 6.5 for me. 6.5. All right, who's next? Okay. Thank you, Kristen. I think there is so much to love about this movie. It's absolutely visually stunning. What they do with this the just the visuals alone is incredible like like i honestly you could mute it and watch just the visuals it's it's absolutely breathtaking um but i also really uh enjoy the story and it's about these two sisters um and their various relatives and and at the end of the world and it's kind of amazing the way i mean one of the reasons that I hate all of these apocalyptic movies and sci-fi movies and fantasy, all of them is they're like, Oh my gosh, like this, this horrible thing has just happened. I'm going to forget about my entire life and go save the world. And you can't fucking do that. That's so unrealistic. And here you have these people who are like, well, fuck, I guess we're just going to die. And it's (laughs) so interesting to me to see how they handle this. Cause some people do come alive and can, I don't want to say save the day, but come alive at least um and other people fall apart and the way that all kind of interplays um is so fascinating to me uh all of the actors in this are outstanding kirsten dunst is wonderful from the beginning when she's getting married and she's smiling and she's happy and she's laughing and uh, you know for a second until the movie kept going i believed that she was actually in love with this guy and that she was going to be so happy but then you also the limo brian at the limo when she's sitting there laughing in the limo it's it's sweet the very first time you see him the very yeah, first that's what scene. i said oh. that's what i said the very first scene before it gets going okay all right 
okay. All right. <laughs> um, and then you also <laughs> have, um, but so you have that contrasted with like, with, uh, you know, at the end when, when her, she's like so mean and she's just awful. And, and the way her face conveys all of this, like, it's just outstanding. She's amazing. Uh, I think, I mean, everyone in this movie is outstanding. Uh, and then even at the end when she, she's like, oh, I'm going to be a good aunt again. And, and she like builds like a magic cave and, it's it's just so wonderful it's so wonderful and the music is the only thing that I would really kind of pick at but honestly the music is outstanding and I think everyone would love the music because this is just like a me thing um for reasons I've already said but the music is the only thing that I would even consider changing well I might cut it down just a little bit it is pretty long but um well, it is. It's two hours and 15 minutes. Um, and there's not a lot of dialogue. So, um, but I don't know. I love this movie. Oh, gosh, I'm going to give it a nine, I think. Wow. All right. That, that's that's respectable. Nine. You think it should go higher? I mean, I would give it a 10. I would give it a 10. Do you want me to give it a 10? That, you know, no, you, 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 you give <clears throat> the Kristen rating. <laughs> The rating you feel I'm deep flexible. in your heart. Don't give it a flexible. ten just because Brian says it's a respectable rating. You had lots of things that were wrong with it. Nine, no, nine I did not have lots of things that were wrong with it. I said this is an you outstanding said a lot movie, of things that and were not great. there were so nine many wonderful things. Great. The only thing I would change is the music, and that's this is what I've been like learning though is like this kind of music. Everyone really likes this kind of music. It's it's just it just seems to be me, and I don't enjoy this kind of music. But I actually think it works really well here. It's not the music is what keeps it from sinking into being super depressing, actually. You know what? I'm gonna give it a ten. I'm gonna give it a ten. I think it's I think it's really good. Wow. Even with all the things that I would change. She talked her own self up to a ten. All I had to do I, was raise an eyebrow. I'm just like, yes, respectable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jad, you go next. Yeah. I don't uh, I don't know, Brian. I don't know. Uh, I guess this being my very first uh, Lars von Trier film, um, I knew he was going to be a pretentious douchebag filmmaker, and it was going to be very challenging for me to watch it. It's kind of like watching the experimental Gus Van Sant films where, you know, he's just letting the camera sit there and not move. But, you know, you're just like, okay, let's move on. Like, what's happening? We're just staring at a bush. Um, you know, but <laughs> this one was like, you there know, was some staring at bushes in this too. I'm just going to say, well, I was enjoying that though, Griggs, cause it was gorgeous. <laughs> and like I said, you know, interplanetary love, but, uh, but no, but, but, but you can't say that the, that even that scene where she's laying out next to the, uh, you know, to the, uh, little lake there, that that's not, you know, gorgeous. I mean, it's, it's amazing. There, there, there are some really amazing vivid like images in this film, you know? So and, and it really like, it, it, it got me, it touched me, you know, I, once I fell into it and actually just kind of let the film just happen, I totally, uh, you know, I, I, I had all the feels I, I felt where it was going and, and I, and I was, I was getting a lot of like, we didn't even like compare this, but like, what was that? The, uh, the fountain. Mm. Yeah, with, you know, with Hugh Jackman, I was getting a lot of like that vibe, but not you know, Fuck but it's not as sexy as that Tree of Life, you know, the Tree of Life. Is that what it is? Yeah, sorry. No, no, no. Is that's it, yeah, well, no, that's yeah, both, both of those. them. Yeah, both no, those, I think you're right. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, uh, no, um, you know, I. I now know that I, I'm, I'm interested in in dipping into uh, this director and what, what's the one he did with Nicole Kidman? Dogville. That one. I think that's the one I'm going to jump into next. But um, it's good. But yeah. 
I just need to know that, that jumping into it, you're, you're going to be, you know, into some art house, uh, you know, film school, coffee shop, talk film, you know? Um, but yeah, man, I, I totally think that this is a, this is a cool movie. It, he, he does what he set out to do, even though he did it with some douchebaggery. Um, you know, good, good on you, man. Be, be different. Break the rules because you can. Right. Uh, but I just hope that he knows, you know, what, why the rules exist. But anyways, uh, I'm going to say it's eight, eight. All right. Hmm. I do like Dogville better than this though. Okay. I like Dogville better too. And I, I don't know. Do you remember when we were talking about this, Brian? And I was like, I, I was like, I feel like there's, this is before I actually realized that Melancholia was Lars von Trier. I didn't realize it was the same director but i was like they're so similar i was like but the ending to dogville i think is what makes it so much better than this movie and i like the ending to this one a lot but i don't think it's anything like like the ending to dogville is just like outstanding well yeah yeah because yeah. that's more unexpected and it's perfect it, yeah. it's so good this one you know is coming just from the beginning you know, like, you, you know, eventually what's going to happen. Well, I don't know. OK, so the first time I saw this, I actually thought that, like, she was just crazy and I didn't understand what they were talking about. I and I was like, there's no too. way they're going to die. Like, this doesn't make any sense. And then they did. And I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. Until they have that second chapter, though, and they all start talking about <laughs> it. And then Keith Sutherland's like, oh, those sleeping pills you got. Let me go see about them. <laughs> he said, you should give those to me <laughs> in case I need them. I, okay, I, there there goes one thing I I, I didn't bring up, but uh, I did think they almost drugged that little kid for a second there when he but they were trying to get him to wake up when the planet was passing by the first time, and he was like, "Oh, I can stay up all all midnight," and they had a hard time waking him up, and they took him outside, and I was like, "Did one of the sisters already fucking drug him and kill him? Is he already dead right now, and that's why they can't wake him up? Check and see if he's breathing." I I, I did get a little worried there, but. Uh, okay, uh, so I, I'm going to come in. Um, I don't know if this is a 9.5 or a 10. Uh, it's either or. I like I like sci-fi, guys. I like sci-fi a lot. Sci-fi is my, my jam. Sci-fi and horror are, are, my, are my things. This gave me feelings of, of 2001. This gave me feelings of uh, this is what I wanted Tree of Life to be. And um, I, I super enjoy Terrence Malick movies. I enjoy Terrence Malick more as a filmmaker then Lars Van Trier. I don't know. This movie just, it just felt better. Like I understood it. And like Griggs, when you're talking about like, you know, like, I don't know if I got the point of this and stuff. That's exactly how I feel about tree of life. I was really worried that this, that that's what this movie was going to be. And it wasn't. And I was so surprised. And like, it, it was such a cool character study. And even if you're not into the depression element and, and these two sisters in their relationship, like, I do think there's enough here for science fiction fans to latch onto and just get a cool, like, this is what the world ending would look like for rich people that live in a giant mansion that have, you know, 18 hole golf course. 19. No, it was 18 holes. <laughs> it no, was, it was 18. There was a, there was, a, there was, a, there was, when she goes out, there's a flag and it says 19 at the end. God damn, fucking Flying, Keith Sullivan doesn't even know how many fucking holes he has. No, 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 no. It's an eighteen-hole golf course, but at the end, when all the weird shits going on, uh, and and there, and then when, when she's dragging, she's gone out on the golf cart, and then the golf cart wouldn't go over the same bridge that the fucking horse wouldn't go over, and then so she, and run, the battery runs down, and then she comes back in a fucking crazy hailstorm of marbles falls on him, and then she ends up dragging the kid back. So when she's dragging the kid back across the golf course, the hole right outside the house. Is hole nineteen? 
Did they not count the first hole in golf or something? No, I'm telling you that I'm telling you that that no, it's the planet changed the golf course number. Yes, exactly. It's a weird. It's a weird thing that was. No, I don't think that happened. Because he's pretentious, Brian. He's doing it just because he can. No, this movie has reasons for why it's doing stuff, man. No, that that's not true. The planet doesn't cause anything outside of like the normal things, but yeah. That may have been a movie mistake, may have been something else like it's that. It's not a movie mistake. That shit was on purpose. Why is there a 19th hole in Melancholy? It's common knowledge that the golf golf course has only 18 holes, so seeing a flag with 19 would only really serve to draw the audience's attention to the surreality, the, the, being, it being surreal, surreal how surreal yeah, okay, the but the planet, I told you, it was just done because he can. That's, oh, that's like, fine, but uh, I'm, I'm saying is the planet didn't change it is what I'm saying, okay? Lars Van Trier changed it because he could. That's fine. That's fine. If he wants, okay. to, if he wants to bring attention to that and put nineteen, dude, I didn't even fucking notice that. I did. Well, good for you. One of four. <laughs> You're a fourth of the people that watched it. That's all it. Good for you, Jared. <laughs> that's probably why you rated it low. I was, I was looking at the uh, the the bright lights and the little zigzaggy things. It was like, ooh, look at that. <laughs> and Kirsten Dunst nipples. Um, so, solid movie. I, I, I think I think it's got something for sci-fi fans. I, I get. I guess. Because of the husband and his character is kind of stupid. I, I guess 9.5. I'll give it a 9.5. So that's going to do it for us tonight. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so by sending us an email to themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's themoviecrew. Crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E. That's right. Extra E at the end of the word crew at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at moviecrewpod. Jared, where can the audience find you? You can find me on Instagram at checkthegate, on Twitter at Jared B. Callen. And with Torah stories on wherever else you get your podcasts. And Mike, where can they find you? Uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Grigsy Media. That's G-R-I-G-G-S-Y Media. And Kristen, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Kristen Magdalene. That's Kristen with a K and an I. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Elkins Edits. And we're going to be closing out the show tonight with, uh, I think we're going to play track seven. From the Melancholia soundtrack, and it's titled Melancholia, from composer Robert Wagner. We had to put that one in the middle there. Mr. Wagner. Track seven. No, wait, that's the last track. There's only seven tracks. Oh, well, I guess it does come at the end. (laughs) Did anyone look up what Melancholia means? I I did. I didn't think it was a word. It is an actual word. It is a word? What does it mean? I'm just trying to get the actual. Uh, well, just read the Wikipedia it. version. It's, it's a it's a subtype of of, of uh, depression. It means. Uh, let's see. Oh wait, that's just melancholy, right? It, it's a, it's. I think it's an actual um, like medical definition of a particular like Jared's Sorry. Like, subtype. Uh, melancholia, deep sadness or gloom. Melancholy, a mental condition marked by persistent depression and ill-founded fears. So she had melancholia, and it was melancholia. Whoa. Just like the world, man. Mind blown. Mind blown. All right, I'm going to hit stop. Thank you.